Welcome to the Season 1 of LikeXR Video Podcast. We are making a show about the extended reality market. Throughout this season, we would turn on the low-key mode and talk with top-notch experts from the juggernauts and well-recognized leaders of their industries. Coca-Cola, Paramount Pictures, Hewlett-Packard, Stanford and Munich Universities, and many, many, many more. We hope that such a variety of guests would allow us to X-ray the XR industry from different dimensions and reveal the incredible potential of augmented and virtual reality. Take a seat, grab your beer, and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the LikeXR Podcast Season 1, a podcast about the extended reality market from people who really understand the industry. This week, we are joined by the innovation leader from the Volvo car, Timmy Giroth. We will speak about XR experience at Volvo Cars, and we hope you enjoy it. So, hi, Timmy. Thank you for coming. I'm glad to see you on the LikeXR podcast. How are you? Yeah, thank you for the invitation. And yeah, I'm excited to chat about XR and the metaverse. Thank you. So great, great. So first of all, I'm really sure many people want to know what tasks an innovation leader face at a Volvo car. Yeah, of course, as we are like, we all know that automotive industry is changing. Uh, we're moving more towards becoming a mobility provider and working uh, to become like a tech um, tech company in the future as there is more and more software and technology in, in cars and also understanding how can we build an ecosystem, like how can our car uh, form more services uh, beyond, beyond mobility. And uh, Volvo's vision is uh, freedom to move in a personal, safe and sustainable way. And we always mm -hmm. been uh, having uh, safety as a core. But now our task is to look at how how can we use these values and principles that we have beyond mobility how we connect with different partners. And this is like uh, the area where I lead with uh, immersive and emerging technologies. So we do collaborate with a lot of startups, uh, universities to engage in research and actually push boundaries uh, beyond always seeking, you know, uh, the uh, efficiency and so on, like what is beyond efficiency. So that that's kind of how, uh, yeah. Some of the tasks I have is to make sure that we have some long-term strategy for specific areas and always try to push boundaries within technology and uh, the creative sector. What is uh, the most challenging part in your job? Because, you know, when, when we are talking about future, the vision, it's always hard to balance yeah, between the present, the future, the safety, mm. the, core, the core goal of Volvo strategy. Yeah, of course, like uh, one of the biggest challenges is, um, you know, automotive, it's one of the most traditional industries out there. It's like super slow. Uh, usually these companies are really big and decisions are made really slow. So in that sense, uh, any efficiency and, and, you know, speed and, and that it's like highly appreciated because it kind of helps the whole flow. So it's really important to have like an ambidextrous mindset as in, for instance, with uh, XR, I'm like, okay, we can, with this technology, we can help uh, design and validate concepts and uh, do research faster. So we are helping you produce faster and uh, design faster and uh, make it cost efficient. So we buy time to actually focus on we 
what we want in the future, you know, so uh, more like experimental areas. But in the same time, we need to serve both purposes, like looking for emergence, for new ways of using these technologies. So the challenge is to understand actually the main vision, to understand why we do what we do. And by, by doing that, always being prepared to, to tackle um you know hard hard challenges and especially as i said in a transformation it is kind of an identity crisis most of car companies are trying to understand okay are we a premium brand are we a sustainable brand are we you know a mobility brand or like a tech company what are we so in this transformation it's always uh yeah, sometimes hard to navigate. So that's why you need to be super grounded and the area you work with to kind of strengthen the foundation and give a sense of uh, uh, identity. Uh, and, and yeah, for me, it's probably something, it was even more challenging because I do come for a, from a creative industry. I come from music and fashion, then from gaming, uh, you know, working with Unity and VR and then coming to a car company where everything was different uh, you know but it's also super satisfying to see that the things you're contributing to uh, can impact millions of lives can save lives can offer a better user experience so the value uh, you know you can see the value much faster so that's why with working with the future sometimes the challenge is to actually prove value immediately you know in a short term so uh, what innovative technologies uh, do you use in Volvo Cars company in general? Yeah, like, I mean, everything from artificial intelligence, because, of course, we're looking into maintaining being leader in safety. And for that, you know, work a lot with a lot of sensors, computer vision, LiDAR technology uh, for self-driving cars. Um, then, um, you know, having this collaboration with Google where we have the Android automotive um, operating system in the car. So for that, you know, we need to think about user experience in, 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 in the car in a different way and still keep it safe and sustainable as in you don't want it to be too distractive and so on. And then, of course, like, um, you know, stuff with blockchain where we're actually tracing every material and component in the car like how much uh, cobalt how much lithium how much carbon print we have and that's always a challenge how not to be hypocritical as a car company talking about sustainability you know so we want to reach our goals and we want to trace back and actually lead in the industry to, to raise awareness that this is like an important crisis so looking at uh, using these technologies also for um, being able to reach our sustainability goals. And um, another aspect, I mean, of course, <laughs> since this is about XR, we do use XR. Volvo has been using VR since the 80s. Uh, so they are like, you know, most of car companies had different cave systems and like chunky VR headsets um, with magnetic mm -hmm. field and so on. Uh, uh, so we've always, I mean, it makes sense, you know, since we work with car design with uh, a lot of iterations. So for evaluation, testing, interaction, it does save a lot of time and money. And we do, we do see that with every 
new headset that we get. Like uh, we have super strong collaboration with Vario. We invested in in the company, and for us, that's the only headset we can actually use for proper reviews, proper research. Since you have human eye resolution, you can have accuracy in materials. Uh, you're able to read text. <laughs> uh, you know. So that that it's important when you simulate and and do validation work. Okay, great. Uh, so, but uh, what kind of XR technologies? I mean, VR or AR uh, is uh, more useful for automotive industry, and why? Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, we tried everything. We've always been leaders in in this area. Like uh, we had. Uh, first uh, VR launch with XC90 with uh, Google Cardboard, uh, then uh, the first HoloLens launch and activation, we were part of it with Microsoft. Uh, Vario launch, both for VR1 and XR1, we were the first ones to be able to drive with the headset on the road, and uh, that pushes uh, push, pushed our limits and uh, we pushed Vario's limits and Unity limits in the same time because we, we were crazy enough to do so. Um, and of course, we have everything from haptics, working with Tesla suit, with uh, Google, Apple, so on. We, we, we do want to be leader in, uh, and be part of the metaverse in that sense. And uh, But I don't, I mean, of course, like the classic sense AR, it's like really useful for retail car configurators and so on. We did tests, we did launches like that. VR, it's it's nice to put the product in context, right? Like I want to see how the new XC90 looks in Shanghai, how it looks, you know, on the streets of Stockholm. Uh, but what we loved with Vario and the XR1 was the first time when you can switch between them, you know. Have video pastures, so I was driving an XC90, and I can replace the car while I drive with another car concept that doesn't exist, or I can just change the colors. I can put the moose in front of the car, so we can test like safety scenarios and scenarios that are either too dangerous or too rare to test in real life. So we wouldn't put our users in danger, but we can do it in VR and both the user and the car sensors think that there is a real moose or pedestrian in front. So then we measure response times of training our models. So that's why XR and like the, this part where you can shift between VR and AR, it's like really powerful. Um, you know, it's almost like teleportation. Like every, like when we launched uh, the XR1 together with Vario, we had the virtual car appearing next to the real one same configuration and you could see your reflection and in both and people were confused at that sense because your brain adapts and they were like well i thought that that was real but now it disappeared and that one appeared now so like you know it's powerful in in that context. Great, great. So as you already mentioned, Volvocar have released a mobile VR application uh, that called that called uh, Explore the XC90 uh, with the ability um, of uses uh, Google Cardboard or others. So question, my question was, uh, was it successful? And uh, how do you see the use of this technology in the future? Yeah, of course, it was success successful, especially in the beginning. You know, when you launch a car model, um, 
or a car concept you have uh, limited physical cars so we could reach more markets more journalists that way uh, for that time what was it 2014 or before that when we did it it of course well you know resolution is not there yet and you had to work with the 360 videos but in itself being able to convey the story and highlight you know these are the special features these are the design changes that we made these are you know the functions the safety functions that we have that really helps um you know to to convey the story and highlight the features that we wanted to highlight in the same time together with that launch we did the uh, uh, projection mapping uh, launch uh, in the museum where journalists were invited and we projected on the XC90, uh, you know, the dynamic airflow and uh, uh, different sensors where they are uh, highlighting the design curves and the, the aesthetics. So I would say it was successful. Of course, Google Cardboard is accessible, was super cheap, people had access, you know, they had mobile phones. So was was easy to to spread it out but uh i mean at that time it was not interactable it was not you know resolution was not great but it did the job yeah so uh, tell us a little bit more about the xr project that was the most interesting and challenging for you yeah as i said the most interesting thing <laughs> that i worked on was uh driving in vr uh, that was a challenge for us, for Vario, for Unity. We we joined forces, and to be honest, the content itself, everyone thinks that we spent years or months to do it. We did it actually in three days. Uh, you know, me and two designers, and um, of course, we had the car model done already, but but we used it. That's the beauty that we built here. We built this automated pipeline and we made the Volvo asset library. So if we use the car in a simulator or a car configurator, why not using it in this experience? Uh, if the moose was used in the sensor verification, why not throwing it in the retail uh, experience? You know, so like being able to repurpose. So it was drag and drop in Unity just to test out and when Vario approached us and they came to our office, we tested, the resolution was amazing. And our first question was like, cool, but can we drive with it? And they went back home, did some homework, and three weeks later or something like that, they came with uh, XR headset, which was the prototype before XR1. And, you know, the resolution, the video feed, uh, still, the latency was high. Uh, we were. I was driving the first time. I, I did say it uh, on the record before, but maybe Volvo's not happy. I was driving about 160 per hour the first time with the headset on, uh, on the test track, of course, in safe uh, environment. Um, and you know, I didn't get motion sickness. Uh, still at turns and so on, especially when we overlaid new model on top, we had like, a, I think 100 million polygon cars. <laughs> it was like super realistic. Uh, a lot of computer and batteries in the uh, in the trunk to to run it. Uh, so 
I think most time we spent on finding the right tracking system. Of course, the Steam lighthouses didn't work, so we had to collaborate with Art, which make this professional uh, art tracking system. Um, but then Vario came back again, and it was even better. Like the latency that we got was like single digit photon to photon. So from 40 milliseconds, I think, to 8 milliseconds, where you really don't notice anything, you know. And we still use it. Now we, the car is used every day to, to prepare for the launch of our new platforms. They do evaluate with users. It has eye tracking, you know, we measure like interaction, uh, sensation, emotions, stress. So it's like a really powerful platform. And after that, we made we were thinking, well, since we have 360 cameras on the car, why not feeding that into the headset and we make the car disappear completely while we drive? And suddenly you can replace, of course, the car with whatever car you want, but suddenly you remove everything and you float on the road. And it's like a really interesting sensation. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. <laughs> okay, uh, so let's let's speak a little bit about the future. Uh, so Mark Zuckerberg announced that the next stage of Facebook's development will be the creation of a metaverse. So how will the automotive industry react to the emergence of a metaverse? Yeah, of course. I mean, and it's been a buzzword for a while, the same as VR was a buzzword for a few years. But we do see the seriousness of it, and as we are strong players in it, uh, we like. For instance, with our child company, Polestar, uh, we did together with Balenciaga this game where we launched a car concept and they launched a collection in a game. So, And we see, for instance, Ferrari launching a model in Fortnite and, uh, we, you know, it's a big space and especially reaching for the new generation. If we want to be fresh and new for uh, the generation that it's upcoming, uh, you know, they don't watch TV. They have ad blockers on YouTube. So some of the commercials will never reach to them. So you need to find new ways of, you know, make it interactive, uh, make, you know, working to make it make sense. And I think in this sense, we're uh, focusing also on storytelling, um, you know, uh, we having a collaboration with Alex McDowell, who's creative director of uh, uh, Minority Report. He's been involved in Avatar, Man of Steel, and so on. And he's a great uh, world builder. So we try to learn his um, methodology for storytelling, but also used as a platform for innovation. So putting ourselves in future scenarios and see, okay, we are in 2040, the world will look like this. Does Volvo make sense in this scenario or this scenario? Does safety still make sense of if all the cars are self-driving? Does this make sense? So I think that type of metaverse where we actually put ourselves in various situations and we invite others to take part and like, okay, this is the way we see we will see the world can we participate and build it together i think that's interesting then of course like what mark zuckerberg announced and so on uh, you know it comes back to remote meetings telepresence and that was accelerated by covid uh 
<clears throat> I remember I was a bit upset when COVID started because uh, all my conferences and VR conferences were canceled or like, you know, on, moved to online. And I was a bit sad because I'll miss the community. And uh, some of the conferences moved in VR and they're like, hey, let's meet in VR. And I was a bit skeptical. I was like, yeah, but how will it work? It's not the same. It's like, yeah, but weren't you the guy that preached that uh, seven years ago that uh, we will all meet in the metaverse and we will all have these virtual meetings? And so now it was the time to practice what I was preaching. And it was amazing. Like, as I said, the brain adapts so quick, you know, like this uh, cognition aspect and perception of if you have the right spatial sound, which I think is like super uh, crucial component to, to in VR. And then if, if you have an avatar that's close enough, even cartoonish, uh, your brain, you know, makes correlations and then it, it becomes really comfortable to, to collaborate and be in those environments. I'm really curious how, you know, and if it's itself, uh, what will start playing and very uh, collaborative with modern technologies and other companies. And in some fashion, it changes the Volvo as a brand. Yeah, because I'm Volvo car owner. And uh, for me, it always was Mm, you know, brand was focused on very traditional audience. Yeah, not young, but right now, when you're playing all these technology fields, it uh, makes it opens some door to your to young audience. And uh, yeah, what do you think? Uh, does it open any doors to this audience, or don't you think about that at all yeah totally i mean that's why we're shifting also we're testing new business models so we created various companies like uh, for shared mobility or like uh, care by volvo where you know you have this um, a different car car ownership model uh you know it's like the traditional way would be my car always uh then uh we are shifting to my car sometimes or like sometimes when I need the car, you know, with the car sharing aspects. Um, and it does open, it makes it more accessible. And also the way we're uh, thinking about user experience and design, it's it does become more appealing to the newer and young generations. Uh, and still in that sense, the, the our approach we have to sustainability personalization it makes people perceive it differently also you know being more conscious of, of the choices of the impact you have with your transportation uh, and definitely it reaches the young audiences in, in in a different way okay yeah i got you you know you also mentioned that volvo is building ecosystem and uh, t tell me more about that. As a Volvo client, I would like to, to know er about everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we would, uh, we have, like, we, as I said, in, in the open innovation arena, we look always in new emerging markets, how to create a, a new market, how to uh, work in an ecosystem where we partner up with different companies, uh, you know, for 
uh, housing and mobility, for instance, uh, working with policymakers, city planners to actually see how we can play a role in the future and actually have it in a sustainable, personal and safe way. And that's why we kind of created uh, smaller uh, companies around that focus on future of mobility, on electrification, on infotainment, on um, self-driving car technology. So we can actually be, use those to collaborate with other brands, with other uh, businesses, with cities and so on. So which gives us a bit more agility and a way to work. And then, of course, we have the tech fund, which is an investment fund, the one we used to invest in uh, Luminar and Vario and others. And, and through that, we have a few incubators and accelerators where we bring startups in and we do collaborations and integrations. Uh, so that really allows us to move faster. Yes, it sounds amazing. Yeah, we'll be waiting for this innovation in the next model. Mm. Yeah, I, I, you know, uh, stepping aside the industry question, I have one on my end because I'm, I'm, it's really interesting to hear that stories. Uh, tell us about how did you fall in love in XR? In XR, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, yeah, of course, I've seen a lot of movies and I read some books as a young kid. Uh, but also, of course, like um, seeing the Matrix and I was always imagining uh, building worlds and I'm I'm a dreamer. I've been dreaming a lot since I was a kid, you know, even in classrooms, my mind was somewhere else and I had like really big imagination and imagining different contexts. And when I heard about, you know, the early 90s VR, you know, uh, I thought that, that that would be so interesting where you put yourself and immerse yourself in, in different worlds. So then I became really passionate about the human brain and perception, cognition, eye tracking. So I was part of this eye tracking company that was bought by Oculus called the Eye Tribe in Copenhagen. And since then, I understood that, like having that, we will live in a future where we'll have these wearables, like glasses, lenses, different sensors. And at that time, I was thinking, if we will all have this what's the right industry to learn from? And then I looked at automotive, right? Because auto, like autonomous cars, they're all equipped already with cameras, computer vision sensors, LiDAR to make sense of the world around us. So it's like trying to merge and learn from the other balls in the same time, looking at the future and influence the old, like the traditional industry to follow up. Um, but yeah, that was my, my goal with XR. And I'm a big, you know, advocate for ethics. And for me, the reason to push the boundary so much is getting to a point where I get a bit intimidated by it so I can raise questions. Uh, what if? Why not? Uh, what's too much? Where should we stop? You know, uh, so, so that that was like an interesting challenge for me. And that's why I'm really involved in it yeah thank you for that and yeah besides automotive what do you think about which industry could be more disrupt or moved on by xr technologies maybe MadTech or others what do you think i do think um, entertainment and music like um, 
uh, film industry, of course. We already see some mm-hmm. productions there. Uh, I mean, again, since uh, like I remember playing this computer game called Mafia, and it was like early 2000s, and there was a scene there where you had to break into a museum and there were like two security guards in the 50s uh, talking to each other and they were talking, hey, have you heard about the new color TVs and uh, so on? Like, oh, what crazy times we live. Imagine in the future you will you can control the movies and so on. And then they were talking in, about wearing something and being inside the movie. What if we are in the movie? And that scene triggered me. I, I was like maybe 14, 15 playing that game. <laughs> and I was thinking like, yeah, of course, media will be disrupted by by this, like being able to be part of it. Like why not being in the next, um, you know, uh, Justin Bieber uh, video, right? Or so on. Like it's like possibilities are endless there. Then, of course, fashion and retail uh we already see some initiatives there and of course it goes more towards the sustainability aspect of it like i can wear the same type of patterns maybe a green screen dress but through blockchain and so on i can secure that i have unique clothing patterns and styles um yeah so so i do think that there are a lot of industries architecture and construction of course um, I, I see how real-time 3D and VR can help in collaboration and literally building the house of your dreams and being able to see it and visualize it on site and configure it on the way uh, real-time. That That's really powerful. And yeah, you have mentioned some of the really you know cool cases. Uh, what what are the most amazing projects or cases you have ever seen in Mixer? Maybe something you know remarkable. Yeah, I was part of uh, the MIT hackathon, uh, the reality hack, and there I was a, a judge and um, you know partner with them. And some of those participants, like that's when I saw Tesla suit in action. So I borrowed the participants our vr headsets the varios and they're able in xr to flood the mit hall with water and with the suit you would feel the temperature and the pressure of the water as you were there and that was like wow i mean the impact that it had because everyone talks about climate change and so on but when you're suddenly there you're impacted and then one of my friends did uh, an installation for World Economic Forum about uh, the Amazon fire called Be Earth. And they showed that in Davos last year. We actually hired the guy. He's like a creative guy that comes from film industry and uh, entertainment. So we hired him at Volvo now. Uh, But the story that, you know, again, you're in Amazon fire and you see yourself burning. It's not only the forest that we think it's so far from us uh, and and that had again an impact uh and then half-life alex for me that's the ultimate vr experience i make all of our students and interns or new employees play it for a while to understand what is good interaction in vr what is good quality how do you design certain levels and you know 
yeah yeah and in what yeah the one of the last questions from my end in what technology do you believe more in ar or vr i do believe more i mean i do want vr to thrive because that's like when you you know you can build whatever world you want to have uh ar of course it's like has a lower entry point because it gets it is more accessible to mobile phones and and so on uh, i do see it can have already a lot of impact but personally i like vr or as i said before xr the part to change between the real world and virtual world like that teleportation aspect and probably you saw I don't know if you saw latest announcement from Vario where they made this uh, reality cloud, which is literally teleportation. So through the headset, LiDAR and cameras, you can stream live and, you know, you guys can be in this room with me, you know, without me having to model it or recreate it, uh, which I think it's an interesting step, like having this uh, sensors for uh capturing reality you know we don't need to model everything anymore yeah thank you it's it's some some crazy stuff you say it <laughs> uh i just remember when you tell us about the uh mafia game uh i just remember that there was the one of the most hardest mission in my life uh, and it was at the, at the start of the game uh, one of the first missions to win the race uh, where you have uh, nine um, circles and your car was uh, always broken in the first two or three so uh, i just remember that i uh, win this race only uh, when i was uh, 21 or 22 years so uh, <laughs> it it it's like uh, uh, teleportation in the past yeah. for me now <laughs> i was reflecting on that cuz i was playing some of the latest games and i was like wow like back then like games like mafia they were really challenging i mean you know they had good graphics but it was not only about that the story itself was amazing and uh the challenges and puzzles and things you had to solve was like really 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 hard i think that the most challenging challenging game and mission in in my life was the mission with helicopter in vice mm, city i remember that one as well. <laughs> i think it was around the same time that vice city and mafia came up yeah i, I think mafia game creators were very good product guys because you know when the first mission not the last one or in the middle of the game when the first mission is one of the hardest uh, among all the game it's very good you know hook mm -hmm. because you can't go to your school or university and say that you did not pass even the first mission yeah, yeah? yeah. <laughs> and therefore you are playing 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 until you you're successful mm -hmm. Thank you. We really appreciate what you do and really appreciate uh, that you spend your time with us. Uh, it was exciting and interesting conversation. Uh, so thank you, Tim. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was yeah, really exciting to talk about the future. And yeah, let's see how we can build a metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Really appreciate your time. You know, it, it, was, it was very interesting and you know, some flashbacks from the future some assumption about the uh, some flashback from the past and assumption about the future yeah thank you very much